Hey guys, Eric Lindine here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, why don't you stand for the reading of God's word? Uh, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us then keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Uh, let's pray. God, we thank you that you are here in this place. God, that you are our hope that you are our peace, you are our joy. So Lord, I pray right now for those who are here in the room, those who are watching online, God, that you would just do the deep work that only you can do, that your Holy Spirit right now would just begin to minister a healing touch, a word of wisdom. God, that you would just reveal um, just how much you love us and that you're here with us. In your name we pray, amen. You can take a seat. <coughs> Uh, 10 years ago or so, it feels like now, uh, Kristen and I, we were kind of unsure on where God was going to lead us. We were living in Wisconsin and trying to figure out, God, what is next for us? And so we spent a lot of time praying, seeking God, just getting after it with him. Uh, that was the time my life I was doing a lot of running, a lot of swimming laps, and i just swim laps and just be like, Jesus, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And that's when we got unexpectedly pregnant, moved back to Minnesota, moved into my parents' basement. And as we were trying to figure all this out, I met this guy, this pastor named Dave Reno. And Dave said, Eric, I think you're supposed to be a church planner. And so we prayed about this and, and seeking and saying, God, is this what you want us to do? Well, then we got sent to this thing called Church Planters Assessment Center. It was out in Philadelphia. It's about a week of our life with a whole bunch of pastors and other church planters uh, who would go through these different assessments. And they put you the different tasks and like uh, you meet with a counselor and they would do little things just like assessing you like, like if everyone's around a table and you need more water at the table, like who's going to hop up and get the refill of the water first and just why are you doing this and, and all that kind of stuff. And so we went through this whole week-long process and around this time, we, we were feeling like God is really saying to us, yes, we want you to plant a church. We think this is what kind of life has been leading you towards. And at the end of the week, you sit down to kind of get your grade. And it's like, are you going to pass? 
and they say, go and plant a church? Are you going to get a no, which doesn't mean you're not called to be in ministry, but it's just we don't think that you are called to be a church planter. Or this kind of yellow light of, yes, we affirm this in you, but there's a few things we want to see you kind of work on before you do that. So you're very nervous leading up to this, like, what are they going to say? Like, what are we going to do if we get a no? Like, I don't know. And so we spend, you know, this whole week going this, and then we sit down, and it's the last day. And one by one, they call each couple's name. And it's, it's really crazy. You spend this whole week with other couples who are seeking to be assessed. And some would come out, and uh, you could see they got in the know, and they were just kind of devastated. One couple got a no, and they were very relieved. They were like, you know what? I, I didn't know, but I'm so glad to get this no, because now I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And others, yes, but some just disappeared. Like, you never saw them again. It was just it was a really wild, unique thing. And so uh, th- there we are. We go in, and I remember it's two pastors, uh, and we're sitting down across from them, and, and they're asking us different questions and kind of, what, what do you think? And they said, so Eric and Kristen, what will you do if you get a no? If we give you a red flag, like, what will you do? Now, all week long, the guy who kind of runs this assessment center, he had said, like, to plant a church, you have to know that you know that you know. That you have to know deep in your bones that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do this thing. Because there's going to be so many times you're going to give up. There's going to be just all these things that are going to come against you. So you have to know that you know that you know this is what you're supposed to do. And so we're sitting in this kind of final, like, we're going to get our grade. And when they asked that question, like, what will you do if you get the red light? I was like, well, I don't know. But I know that I know that I know, to quote you, uh, that we're supposed to do this. And so I think we would still plant a church. And I thought that's what they wanted to hear. And apparently it wasn't, because they were, like, really offended. And uh, he was like, this guy named Marlon, and uh, he's a very angry guy. And he's like, what? You think you know more than all of us? And I was like, what? You said you have to know that you know that you know. And uh, we didn't get a red light. We actually didn't get a green light. We got what's called a yellow light. And they said, Eric, there's a couple little things. One of them was, you've had some nasty church experience we want you to just spend a couple months with a healthy church before you do this. And that's why we spent a couple months with Northridge Church. It was a beautiful time just being reminded that there can be health in a church body. But again, we walked out of that, though, but then just still confused because we'd gotten this, like, yellow light. And I was like, what does this mean? We know that we know that we know we're called to plant a church, and yet there's, it wasn't like green light, go. It wasn't like red light, don't go. And, and there was just uncertainty. I remember calling our parents and, and, and our parents being like, what does this mean? And so we came home and, and my mentor, Dave Reno, was like, it's a green light, basically. Like, just, these things are not big deals. We're, we're moving ahead. And, and we did. And here we are today. And I remember, but just knowing in our bones, man, this is what we're supposed to do. I know it's going to be tough. I know it's not going to be easy. But I know that I know that I know this is what we've been called to do. The question is, though, how do we know that we know that we know? How do we know what we're supposed to do? How do we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do we walk with the Holy Spirit? Maybe you grew up Lutheran or Baptist or in some tradition 
where the Trinity was more, you know, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible, right? That's more like what you listen to, and it's like the Holy Spirit, we don't know what to do with him, and so we're just going to kind of avoid him. Right? There's some faith traditions that really they, just, they don't talk much about the Holy Spirit. Some of us grew charismatic, and we're the two-hand worshipers, right? Like, we talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. What I want is our church to be a church that's led by the Holy Spirit, amen? amen. And not to be afraid of that. I think, too, some, some of us maybe have seen preachers on TV pulling shenanigans or other churches, and we've seen the unhealthy side of this. And so maybe some of us are a little fearful or pull back, but I want us to not be afraid of the Holy Spirit. I want us to not be afraid of stepping into the gifts of the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, having this conversation of, hey, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? And so that is what we're going to be diving into today, is how do we know what the Holy Spirit is saying to us? How do we walk by the Holy Spirit? How do we be led by the Holy Spirit? Well, one of my goals every Sunday is to equip and empower followers of Jesus. That's, that's my goal, is to not just give you some information, but we want to equip you we want to empower you. Eric, what does that mean? Empowering means giving someone authority to do something. Here's the beautiful thing that was recovered in what's called the Protestant Reformation about 500 years ago, is that we said, hey, we are all empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are a kingdom of priests. We don't have to go through some pastor or through some priest. We have access directly to God ourselves. And so you are empowered to build the kingdom of God, to walk with Jesus, to be led by the Spirit. So we want to help you be more confident, more to be stronger with your connection to the Holy Spirit. We want to equip you to supply you with the necessary items for a particular purpose, to make you ready. That's our goal, is to help equip and empower you to walk with Jesus. Mel, is there anything we can do about that ring in my mic? It's really distracting. Check, check, anything? Oh, that helps. There you go. I've had a cold for a couple weeks, so I'm probably more resonant than normal. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and we talk a lot, right? Like we're not a big box store. We're a food truck. Can a food truck make a difference? Absolutely. But, but here's the difference, right? right? In this food truck, we want to equip and empower every single follower of Jesus. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the moment I put my faith in Jesus Christ, he puts his spirit inside of us. Here's what we see. In Galatians 4, 6 or 7, and because you are sons, or sons and daughters, your heirs, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. It's like, Daddy. So you're no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. It doesn't say that he has filled our hearts with doctrine. It doesn't say he has filled our hearts with information. It says he has filled us with his spirit. That when we come to Christ and we bow the knee and we confess our sins, he fills us with his Holy Spirit. That is the mark of a follower of Jesus. And this letter Paul has been writing to this new church plant, clearly there's been some unhealth in this church. We see this. There's been some biting and devouring and destroying among the Christians. And that never happens today, right, in churches or among other believers but if we, we see this right in groups of, of different groups of Christians, maybe they disagree on, on a finer point of theology, and, and, and there's 
disagreement and devouring each other. And it's like, what's the solution to this? Where Paul tells us, the solution is living by the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit alone that can make the believer truly free. That is what Paul's been talking about. We're talking about being set free from sin, being set free from religion, being set free to be adopted into the family of God. And tonight, being set free to live by the Spirit. So we're going to look at this, this passage and kind of walk through it. The first thing Paul says is to walk by the Spirit. To walk by the Spirit. And that implies both direction and empowerment. What do you mean by that, Eric? So that means we are walking in the direction the Holy Spirit leads us. We are making decisions and choices according to the Holy Spirit's guidance and acting with the spiritual power that the Holy Spirit supplies. So we're walking by the Holy Spirit, by his power, fills us up, enables us to walk, and going in the direction that he tells us to go. And to walk in, in Scripture, regular meat represents this pattern of conduct for our whole life. So first, Paul says we need to walk by the Spirit. So again, what empowers us, what fills us up to, to walk with Jesus, to, it's walking with the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. Jesus told his disciples after he rose from the dead, and right before he ascended into heaven, he said, wait here, you're going to be filled with power, dunamis, the word dynamite comes from. The mark of a follower of Jesus who's been filled with the Spirit, it isn't speaking in tongues or prophecy or martyrdom or all these other things. It's power. It's power. And walking with the Spirit means you are empowered by him. You're going in the direction that he leads you. It goes with number two, that Paul says to be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. And, and what Paul is saying here implies an active personal involvement by the Holy Spirit in guiding Christians. And this present tense indicates his ongoing activity. It doesn't mean just a one-time thing. You come to Christ and, and the Holy Spirit says, go in this direction. It's an everyday occurrence. Here's how Isaiah writes it. I will come back to that. Um, I didn't put this on there, sorry. Isaiah 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit. That, that we, we are going throughout our life and listening to that still, small voice saying, go this way, go this way. Now, here's the thing. Those of us who grew up charismatic, Pentecostal. Again, this is kind of just the waters that we swam in. We're used to this. And I know some of you get a little weirded out by this. And you're like, all I need is the Bible to guide me. On one hand, yes, we want your lives to be governed by God's word. But also, I firmly believe every Christian has the Holy Spirit in them. And the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and guide you. And the more that you listen to him, the more you're going to hear that voice and be able to be led by him. In my life, uh, I can point to so many times where it's like, uh, like, like yesterday, right? 
Um, my family decided, we, hey, we're not going to build gingerbread houses. It's a big day. Becca had uh, competition soccer practice uh, at 11 o'clock. <clears throat> Excuse me. She had a big performance of theater. But I knew a bunch of families were, were coming to build gingerbread houses at Open Door, this event we did. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, like, hey, Eric, just, just go. Christian stayed home with the kids, and I just went. And you know, it was a beautiful time connecting with a few of you. There's so many times where it's like, I feel like that little nudge of the Holy Spirit saying, hey, hey, go talk to this person. Hey, hey, send this text. Hey, you need to pray for this person. And so often we can just dismiss that. That's, that's just our own thing. Like, ah, oh, this is me. But I believe that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Anytime you feel nudged to do something that's out of your comfort zone, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Anytime you hear, like, oh, I should give an extra large tip to this person, that's going to be a blessing. That's just me. That's the Holy Spirit, right? Anytime, like, you would rather just stay home and the Holy Spirit's nudging you to go to community group that night or to show up and to this place or whatever it might be, that's the Holy Spirit. He's going to slowly stretch us out of our comfort zone. And it's just little baby steps. But believe me, the more you operate in listening to the Holy Spirit as just an everyday conversation with him, the more you're going to be led by him. Um, the next thing that Paul tells us is to bear fruit of the Spirit. To bear fruit of the Spirit. And Paul, he talks about this that. Excuse me. <coughs> that when we live by the Spirit, the evidence of that is this fruit that's going to come out of our lives. And a list of nine things can be a little hard to grasp our minds around. So I think it's helpful to think of this in three groupings of three. And so we have kind of upwards towards God, kind of outwards towards others, and then inwards towards ourselves. So the first three, and these are some of the most important things, right? Paul's saying a life that is marked by the Holy Spirit, you're going to see more and more love come out of you. What's that? It's putting others first. It's putting God first. It's being more like Jesus. We see God is love. And so that's one of the evidences that we're walking with the Spirit. You're going to have joy that's just spilling out of you. Joy is happiness in spite of the circumstances around us. That even when life isn't great, even when we go through days where we don't get sunshine outside and we forget to take our vitamin D, that we can have this joy. And I think there's something about God's gathered people that can spark joy. That on our own, it can be tougher, I think, to have that joy. But when you're singing together, when you see and you're just having fun. Like a mark of someone who's filled with, with, with God's spirit is joy. Like we shouldn't be coming old cranky people. <laughs> if we're walking with Jesus, we should have this joy. And then peace. Peace is evidence. Again, peace doesn't mean you never worry. You never battle anxiety. But it's, it means in the midst of those things that even when oh, man, I've got this anxiety spike because I'm freaked out about my kids or money or whatever. It's like, okay, I can have a supernatural confidence that Jesus is going to be with me, that I'm being led by the Spirit, 
But peace is guarding my heart, mind, and soul. It's evidence of fruit. And this is like more upwards towards God and this connection. And then kind of the fruit that's really evidence towards outwards towards others, patience. As far as of Jesus, we should be more and more patient. Whether that's driving behind slow drivers at Elm Creek Boulevard who think it's 35 miles an hour, not 45. Or your kids putting their shoes on in the morning and you're like, come on. You know, whatever that is, we're not going to be perfect in it. But if we're walking with Jesus, being led by the Spirit, we should be people who have more and more patience in our lives. Kindness. This is one that our world is lacking in. It's just showing decency to others. It's being kind towards others. It can just be a smile. Again, a larger tip, just asking someone. Uh, a big one for me that someone uh, in, kind of poured into my life a number of years ago, 10, 15 years ago, it's, it's using someone's name when you know it. There's power in names. And, and it, it, here's my encouragement to you, a basic way to show kindness. If you're somewhere at Target or McDonald's, Chipotle doesn't do this, but places that have name tags, use their name. It can be kind of weird, but just like someone's checking out your groceries, right? It's like, hey, Cindy, thank you so much. Like, I appreciate it. You know, there's just something about using someone's name that just shows basic kindness. This should be our interactions in person as well as online. Like, are we being kind? Now, the difference between nice and kindness, nice is just kind of passive, Kind, is, it's showing mercy, compassion going out of our way. And then goodness. Goodness, again, that's a hard English word. Like, what does that mean to have goodness? Well, here's what kind of studying it. It's generosity that springs from kindness. I like that. Generosity that springs from kindness. It's a saying like, you know what? Again, I'm just going to show some extra generosity to this person. Maybe a generosity of kindness or just more patience or financially blessing someone, whatever that might be. That's showing goodness. And then kind of inwards towards ourselves. <coughs> uh, faithfulness. What does that mean? It means you can be counted on. It's really that when you say you'll do something, you do it. You show up. Those of us who are parents in the room, like this is so critical for us, like to be there when our kids need us to be there for our spouse. If we say we're going to do something, that we do it. That's what faithfulness means. You can be counted on. Gentleness. Uh, this is what uh, a definition I read said. You're so in control of yourself that you're angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. Huh, that's a really different definition of gentleness. It actually comes from Aristotle. But he said to be angry at the right times. Like it's, it's, it's controlled when there's injustice and then never angry at the wrong time. That, 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 I think sometimes we think gentleness is like weakness, but there's a big difference between someone who has strength and gentle, right? Like I, I picture like an adult, a dad, you know, who's strong and holding a little baby, right? Like Eric walking around with baby Hazel, like that's gentleness. It's not weakness, Right? It's, it's, it's strength under control. These are the qualities of a life that's been claimed by Jesus and Spirit-led. Now, here's the thing. So often we can just say, like, okay, I'm going to take a nine-week journey, and this week I'm going to work on love, next week joy, and then peace. I'm going to work really hard. That's not how fruit works. 
Like, we, we can't try really hard and grow fruit. Like, so much of the Bible's metaphors of growth is, is a farmer. And, and so what it is, is, it's the Holy Spirit brings these things in our lives out. Now, you can ask God to say, like, hey, God, would you put me in conditions so I can grow in love? And then he'll put you in things that will help you grow in love. Same thing, like, God, help me grow in patience. He won't just zap you with patience. He's going to put you in situations that will allow you to grow in patience. I wish that wasn't how it worked, but that's how it works, right? And so the Holy Spirit's going to use the events of our lives to grow these fruits in us. And what we can do, though, is take some inventory of our life and say, like, how am I doing on these things? Maybe this week in your community group, you want, you want to discuss and kind of just take an inventory. Be like, kind of, how am I doing? Kind of a scorecard. And it can kind of allow us to see, like, you know what? Like, I'm not perfect, but I, I can look back and, and feel like the Holy Spirit has been leading me and guiding me, and, and I, I've seen growth in these things, and I've seen some fruit. Or maybe you look back and be like, man, you know what? I feel like I'm any more patient, I'm any more gentle, I'm any more kind than I was five years ago. Don't beat yourself up on that. But then say, okay, what do I need to do or change to allow myself to be more led by the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, to be walking with the Spirit? The Bible tells us there are things that can quench the Holy Spirit in our lives. I firmly believe this, that there are external conditions that if, if our we're filled with noise and busyness. If we're filling our mind watching shows, listening to music, podcasts, reading books that aren't good for our souls, right, that can quench the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, if we're actively living in sin, if we're engaging in, you know, pornography, gossip, uh, you know, whatever that might be, that can quench and dampen the Holy Spirit in your life. There are things we can do that kind of prevent the Holy Spirit from working in our lives. And so it's like taking some inventory and saying, okay, what, what do I need to do? To number four, Paul tells us to live by the Spirit. If we're going to live by the Spirit, then we have to stop acting like we're in control of our own lives. We have to let ourselves be led by the Holy Spirit, to live by the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, is only the Holy Spirit can become us, help us become what the Lord wants us to be. I, I don't know about you, I always like to think ahead. We can't just do it by our own strength. We have to live by the Spirit. We're going to be living by the Spirit. The posture of our heart is oriented towards God. We're not so concerned what the world thinks of us. We care about pressing on towards the goal of becoming more like Jesus. It's taking up our cross daily. Saying, Jesus, man, I need you. To be the parent I want to be, I need you. Not be such a selfish spouse. Jesus, I need you. Fight this anxiety that I'm just struggling with. Jesus, I need you. And know what to do with my kids. I need you. It's this acknowledgement of walking with the Spirit. And the last thing Paul tells us is to keep in step with the Spirit. This is a different Greek word Paul uses than in verse 16. 
when he talks about walking with the Spirit. <clears throat> this means like walking in line behind your leader. So before, it's kind of like being empowered by the Spirit to walk with him. This is keeping in step. So the kind of the helpful mental picture, for me, it's winter, deep snow, dad's out there, he's blazing a trail, and his like little kid behind him, right? And dad is making these big, you know, footprints, and the little kid behind him is like stepping in those footprints. And that's the idea of being led and keeping in step with the Spirit. It's the Spirit goes before us, and, and, and taking that step, and we're stepping in those footsteps. And like, as children of God, we, we want to fall behind our Father and be led by him. So what are some practical implications for us? Well, here's what Jesus said. Again, it's one of his final words. <clears throat> and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus says, go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them. Here's, here's the thing. If we're walking with the Spirit, if we're keeping in step with the Spirit, we have to go. We have to take action. So much we talk about like waiting on God in our life. Here's the thing. I think most of us wait enough. Maybe Jesus wants us to take some more action. See, movement brings life. God wants us to move. Doing is what makes the difference. See, here's the thing. You're either going to live a life of risk or a life of regret. When we set out to plant a church, we didn't know if it was going to work. We said, we believe we're called to do this. This is a risk. We're putting everything on the line. We're buying a house. We're investing everything into this. It would have been a lot easier to just go to another church, take a job, but I would always look back and regret of what if. Right now, maybe you're saying, I don't know what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. Go. Unless you get a no from God, go. Take that risk. Or you're going to live a life of regret. What's that bold move? What's that thing the Holy Spirit has been nudging you to do? Maybe your bold move is getting baptized. Maybe it's sharing your faith with that neighbor. Maybe it's inviting your neighbor over to community group one night. Maybe it's starting a Bible study with your kids and saying, hey, we're going to read God's word together. We're going to do an Advent devotional. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's taking that step and starting a new business, starting a new nonprofit. You're like, well, is this the right exact thing? See, here's the thing. I think so many of us think walking with Jesus, following his will is like this tightrope where it's like, well, what if I fall off? No, 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 no. Those who aren't walking with God, they're walking a tightrope where destruction's on either side. Those of us who are followers of Jesus, I think God just says, go. Go make disciples. Teach them. Go do good works. Unless you get a, go, a no, you gotta go. Don't stop, don't keep waiting for a yes. God has said, go. It's like, what do I do with my life? Well, go do something. Every time you make a decision fueled by faith, you're making the right decision. Anytime you're making a decision fueled by hope, you're making the right decision. Every time you make a decision fueled by love, you're making the right decision. Don't worry so much about what's the exact God's will for my life. Just go. 
Don't live a life of regret. Take some risks. Go. But to do that, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to invite some of our band to come up. And we're, we're going to end with a just time of prayer. And let me, into a little bit of my internal, uh, what's the right word? Uh, just turmoil. See, I grew up in a charismatic tradition uh, that prayed, that believed in what's called a two-step conversion. You come to Christ, <clears throat> and then at a certain time, you get baptized by the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes, the evidence of that was speaking in tongues or some kind of, of, of spiritual gifts. Now, what I believe is when we come to Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. But here's my problem. Is 20 years of pastoring and living, I've encountered so many believers who I believe are not led by the Spirit, who don't seem to be filled with the Holy Spirit, who aren't walking with the Holy Spirit. And so my theology is struggling with this. Now, we go through the Green Book, and they have a really good explanation of this, and I think it does the best job, because somehow I do think we can't understand all the spiritual complexities. And they say that when you come to Christ, you receive a down payment, the, the, the guarantee of your salvation is the Holy Spirit in your life, but it's this little pilot life. Now, we have a choice whether to turn that pilot light up or down. We have a choice to listen to God's Spirit more or less, to walk with the Spirit or not. To say, God, I want all that you have for me. Have you ever prayed, God, I want to speak in tongues? God, I want to prophesy. God, I want to pray for people and see them be healed. God, I want the gift of evangelism. Have you been bold and prayed those kind of bold prayers? I think sometimes in our baptistic tradition, we just get a little scared of the Holy Spirit. We don't ask enough. And so what I want to do, we're going to close with a quiet song. And I'm searching uh, Josh back there. Josh is going to be up here and praying with me. And we want to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit in a deeper way. Now, I don't know what that means for you. Maybe you've never prayed. Holy Spirit, come into my life. I want to be led by your Spirit. I want to walk with your Spirit. Maybe you bowed the knee to Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit, but it's been this such small little voice that you haven't taken that step to walk with him. That you haven't boldly asked, Jesus, hey, I want to speak in tongues. Hey, I want to prophesy. Hey, I, I see these spiritual gifts that other people have. I want this. I want the gift of evangelism. I want the gift of teaching. I don't know what that is. But I believe for each and every one of us, there is more. There's more Holy Spirit for you. At the end of the day, I'm tired of just kind of playing around, right? Let's be a church filled with the Holy Spirit, walking with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. We're not going to get weird, because here's the thing. We're a bunch of Swedes and Norwegians, and so we're not going to get super weird, right? The weird ones go to other churches. It's fine. Like, if we start breaking out shofars and tambourines, all right, maybe we'll pull it back, right? But until that point... Let's say, Jesus, we want more of you. We want more Holy Spirit, okay? Whatever it is, there's more God wants for you.
I, I believe with all my heart. I'm going to pray. The band's going to lead us a quiet song. And then Josh and I are going to be down here, and we'd love to pray for you. And part of this is uh, I've lost most of my voice, so I'm going to pray. Josh is going to pray. Um, it's going to be good. So let's pray. <coughs> Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. And right now, I just ask for everyone in this room, for those maybe at home watching, that we would receive more of you. God, I want us to be a church where the spiritual gifts are alive and well. That people are using their gift of evangelism and teaching and prophecy and tongues and interpretation and healing and, and all the things that we see in scripture. God, we want to see that. God, we don't want to put you in a box. Let us be filled with your spirit, led by your spirit, walking with your spirit, that the fruit of the spirit bubbles out over us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. God, I pray for those in this room right now who are just feeling a little unsettled, a little uncertain. God, that you would help them just to go, to take that nudge, to take that risk, and not live a life of regret. Whether that's coming forward to receive prayer, whether that's just taking their next spiritual step, whether that's uh, a business decision, whatever that is, God. I pray that they would trust that they're listening to you and that you are leading them. So right now, God, as we just pause, as we pray and ask for more of you, we ask, God, that you would show up in a big way. In your name we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand? Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.